First Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, I want you to notice there, it said, who was the inhabit of the inhabitants of Gilead. It didn't really tell where they lived, just said they they inhabited a place called Gilead. So, in a time where a nation needed a word, God sent a voice from nowhere. It's what I want to preach to you about this morning. A voice from nowhere. And I want to tell you that if you're in trouble, if you're in a struggle, if you're in a time of need today... I want to tell you that God's got a voice from nowhere, out of nowhere, that's going to come to you and give you the word that you need to get you through your distress. Because you see, He's an all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, mighty God. Come on, somebody, and there's nothing that's going on in your life that He doesn't know about. There's nothing that's on its way in your life that's going to surprise him because he's everywhere at all times and he knows exactly where you are. Somebody ought to praise him right now for that. Amen. You may be seated. We have witnessed through the years... Men or women who seemingly make sudden appearances from nowhere. That step on the scene and literally change the landscape of history. It happened in the business world. A man named Bill Gates' first effort at starting a business failed. But he was persistent and the rest is history with Microsoft. It happened in American history. Benjamin Franklin's parents couldn't afford his schooling. So he had to drop out at age 10. But through reading and self-education, he became one of the greatest minds to ever live. It happened in the art world. Vincent Van Gogh only sold one painting during his lifetime. After he passed away, his paintings became some of the most famous in the world. It happened in the world of fiction writers. Stephen King's first novel was rejected 30 times. It happened in the entertainment industry. Steven Spielberg was rejected from USC twice. It happened in baseball when Fernando Valenzuela appeared in 1981 and started playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
It happened in football when Tom Brady stepped in for an injured Drew Bledsoe in 2001. And now you know the rest of the story. Men and women from nowhere, if you dig around in history, you'll find out all sorts of examples. People who seemingly appeared out of nowhere became great successes. Now I want to tell this church today that God is about to raise up a mighty people in this last day that will affect and influence a generation. Brother Shaw said it this morning, we're not the 1.5 million followers kind of folk. But we've got something greater than that that we possess today in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hear me right now. I'm telling you that God's going to raise up in this generation out of FPC a mighty voice out of nowhere that will declare to a generation that there is a God that heals. There is a God that restores. There is a God that saves. Come on, somebody. There is a God that's able to put broken pieces back together, that's able to restore families Come on, God's going to raise up a voice out of nowhere. They don't know it, but God's getting ready to move in this earth and in this city like it's never seen before. And it's going to rise up out of the middle of this congregation. Somebody help me praise God right now. Elijah, the man from nowhere. Elijah's accomplishments certainly far supersede what any of those previous examples that I cited to you demonstrate. There is a reality that somewhere before men arrive on the scene, there has been intense preparation that has taken place somewhere. And Elijah was no different. Elijah was literally a man from nowhere. I want to tell you today that God grows great souls in places of isolation and obscurity. It was the case of this great prophet that we read about. Isolation and obscurity were his school teachers. And Gilead was his schoolhouse. Why the isolation, you might ask? Because courage is often created in moments of isolation. I want to tell you that when you stand for something, when you place your feet on a solid foundation... And you refuse to be moved and you refuse to be shaken. It will place you in a place of isolation. But don't let that despair you. Don't let that cause you to be discouraged. Because it's in those places of isolation. When there's no one around but you and God, that God begins to pick you up and put you back on the potter's wheel. And he begins to fashion and shape you 
into a vessel that will influence generation after generation after generation. I want to tell somebody here that feels like you're all alone, that feels like maybe you don't have purpose. I want to tell you, you do have purpose. And in your isolation and your obscurity... God is going to raise you up to be a voice uh, out of nowhere. Uh, come on, you're going to see people's lives uh, influenced and changed uh, because of the God that you serve. The kind of courage that develops in this place is one that will not lose its voice to peer pressure of a crowd or a crown that does not value what you value. There are things that can only come to us, hear me now, that can only come to us when we have been separated from all of the noise of our surroundings. The Apostle Paul writes, Wherefore, come out from among them, And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. John writes in Revelation 18, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Hear me this morning when I call to you from the portals of heaven. Come out of her, my people. Separate yourself from the noise of the surroundings. This world has nothing to offer you. Anything that it would offer you is only temporary. But we serve a God today that says if you will come out from among them, if you will separate yourself from the noise of this world, I will raise you up to be a mighty people in this last day. Like Oh, I feel a shaking and a moving in the world in which we live. It's not going to come from the White House. It's not going to come from the State House. But it's going to come from the house of the living God. Where it seems like it's people that come from nowhere. And he's going to raise you up to be prophets. He's going to raise you up to be healers. He's going to raise you up to be deliverers. You're going to be a voice out of nowhere. That God will use mightily in this last day. Somebody here today. Find yourself looking for direction. I want to tell you how to get it. The word of God is replete with instruction. How to get there. I won't take a lot of time there. But I will tell you this. It was mentioned today. How that Moses came down out of the mountain. There was the sound of rebellion. 
God said, I need you to separate yourself from the sound of the rebellious. I, 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 I had somebody make a comment yesterday. Yesterday was party day for our family. We had a district banquet that we had to attend in Indianapolis. And then we came home and rested a few minutes and then came to Christmas in the country last night. Had a great day. But I heard somebody say, we were talking about some particular things going on that are not apostolic, that are going on in the apostolic church. And, and uh, somebody made the comment that, well, well, it must be, it must be rough to be legalistic. Let me tell you something. You listen to me. Just because it's right doesn't make it legalistic. I said just because it's pure doesn't make it legalistic. Just because it's holy doesn't make it legalistic. Just because it separates you doesn't make it legalistic. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you, the world would like to silence our voice. Would like to shut us down and say we don't want to hear it. But I wish it drives somebody in this place today to say, you know what? I am who I am because of the God that I serve. And I will not be silenced, but I will be a voice that comes from nowhere. said, separate yourself from the noise of rebellion. Solomon wrote, forsake the foolish. Jeremiah said, flee from Babylon. Peter said, save yourself from this untoward generation. Let me help somebody understand that's leaning into the world. Pastor preached to us the other night about leaning into the kingdom of God. Let me preach to somebody here this morning that may find yourself leaning into the world. Hear the bishop today when I tell you it is an untoward generation. That means they're moving away from God and not toward God. And Peter said, Save yourself. Come on, I can't save you, but you can save yourself. Come on, I can't help you out of your dilemma, but you can make up your mind to step out of the crowd. Come on, step out of what's popular. Step out of what's accepted and received all around the world and make up your mind. I'm not going to be a part of an untoward generation. But my heart and my mind is set upon doing everything in my life that I can to move toward God. And toward His kingdom. And toward the things that please Him. Peter said, save yourself. Paul said, separate yourself from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Far too many in our world today don't believe in the power of separation. But there's a prevailing anointing that comes to those who are willing to do so. Say, Bishop, 
I, I, I don't know that all of those things are necessary or needful. L- listen, I can, I can name you far more people that have fallen by the wayside because they took that approach. I can, I can cite to you churches and ministries that are laying in the pile of rubbish and heap of religion because one day they decided this wasn't needful anymore. This wasn't necessary anymore. Oh, but know this, that those that choose to walk a life of separation choose the opportunity for a special anointing like the world doesn't possess and like the religious world doesn't possess. Let me tell you about it a little bit. Jesus said it like this. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Come on, you can't pray it in his name if you're not in his name. And you can't get in his name unless you've been baptized into. Do I have any apostolics here right now? You can't cast out devils in his name if you don't have his name. You can't lay hands on the sick and pray in his name if you don't have his name. Come on, somebody help me right here. I'm talking about a voice out of nowhere. You got, all you guys come up here. Stand right there just a minute. Turn around and face those folks. Let them see how handsome you are today. Man, don't these guys look great? Watch this. I'm going to show you something. Let me tell you what you're looking at right there. Let me tell you what you're looking at. You're looking at prophets and priests and ministers and healers and missionaries. Come on. You're looking at young men that are going to lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on. You want to know why? Because their mamas and daddies have said, you know what? We don't want our children to be part of the world system. We want our children to be part of the kingdom of God. You're looking at young men that are going to be voices out of nowhere that will create and bring to pass a mighty move of God that will turn the world upside down. That's who you're looking at right there. They're not just young people at FPC. They are a voice from nowhere that God's about to use in a mighty way. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's praise God for it. If I could, if I could for a moment, just kind of paint a picture for you of where Elijah was. It's very much like the day and the time that we live in. Political upheaval among the kings of Israel. Assassination in the palace. Children 
being sacrificed to Moloch. They had live babies being sacrificed on altars of fire. We have children being killed in sterile surgical suites. I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's murder. I don't care how you paint it. We're killing babies. We're sacrificing them to the gods of this world. Oh, I wish there'd be a voice out of nowhere that would stand up and declare, Thus saith the word of the Lord. I want somebody to know there is a voice from nowhere that's still sounding the alarm. I'm from nobody. I'm from nowhere. But I declare to this generation that the righteousness of God is still right. Oh, well, you know, we're living in in a time where what we believe and how we live, it's, it's considered to be, it's considered to be over the top. You don't need to live that way. You don't need to be that way. You don't need to go there. You don't need to worship like that. You don't need to pray like that. But I stand as a voice out of nowhere to tell you God is calling us back more than ever before to bring restoration to a world and we are the only hope for a world that's lost and dying without Him. There's got to be people in this congregation that rise up to say, I'll be a voice out of nowhere. I won't be ashamed of who I am or who He is. Here's a description that we find in the scripture. 1 Kings chapter 13 and verse 33. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people priests of the high places. Whosoever would... He consecrated them. And he became one of the priests of the high places. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing off on anybody right now. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's nowhere in the word of God that you could ever justify. Ever justify anyone who is living an alternate lifestyle being qualified to occupy a pulpit. Being There's nowhere in the Word of God that you could ever justify any of that. In fact, the Word of God says it's an abomination unto Him. I I know 
Look, I, I know I could be criticized right now. I'm telling you right now, I love every one of them. I don't love their sin. Come on, I believe God can and will save them. But there's got to be a voice out of nowhere that says, you know what? That's not right, and here is the right way to do it. Here is the way to live. Come on, somebody help me right here. Come on. I Listen, I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little weird, and maybe, maybe I'm a little dogmatic. But, Brother Shaw, I don't think everybody's qualified to be in the ministry. And I'm going to go a little bit further. I believe there's things in your life that even if you are in the ministry and you do them, you can disqualify yourself from the ministry. That doesn't mean that you won't be able to be saved. Wow. But I'm telling you, the Bible said they took the lowest of the people. And made them priests. I'm just going to, again, I know I'm just an old fogey preacher. But I'm just going to tell you something. I'm not going to submit my life, Brother Jordan Fry, to somebody that's the lowest of the people. Give me a man of God that prays. Give me a man of God that fasts. Give me a man of God that's preaches the unadulterated word of God without fear or favor of men. Give me a man of God that'll tell me when I'm living wrong and encourage me when I'm living right. Come on, somebody. We need men of God that are not on the lowest level, but have been elevated not by men, but by God with a calling and an anointing on their life. The land was filled with high places. Pagan gods, idols had infiltrated the land and Jehovah had been pushed out. Our nation is filled with high places and groves that give honor and worship To pagan idols. Elijah's times show us that not much has changed in the avenue of human nature. And yet, some of our so-called smartest and brightest souls in the world would lead us to believe that we are evolving into a higher state of life. By the time that Elijah has arrived, the nation of Israel is split off into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom whose capital was in Samaria and the southern kingdom which had its capital in Jerusalem. The northern kingdom had 19 kings and all of them did evil in the sight of the Lord. The southern kingdom had 17 kings. Eight out of 17 followed the Lord their God, but the other nine had no time for the Lord. 
The wicked kings hated the prophets and made it their business to make life rough for them. Many of the prophets were killed because of their uncompromising message they preached to the people. The kings of Israel were murderous beasts who were nothing more than assassins who would kill to gain the throne. You would think that being in a royal family, that it would come with privilege. But not in this day. If you were on the throne, you had a bullseye on your back every day. Because somebody was, your family was waiting to take you out to be elevated to the throne themselves. It kind of sounds like Maybe a generation that we live in today. Once they got to the throne, they would kill the entire family of the dead king. Uh, just, just humor me here for a minute. I want to share a few things with you. Jeroboam started the split in the kingdom. Some 25 times in the Bible... It says of him, he made Israel to sin. He corrupted the true worship of Jehovah by creating golden calves for worship. And he made the priests the lowest of the people. Nada, the Bible said, walked in the way of his father. And he was assassinated by Basha after two years. Basha killed all of Jeroboam's house and was in constant battle with the southern kingdom. Elah was a worthless drunk who only ruled for two years. His drinking was compromised, was what compromised his reign. He was drinking himself drunk, the Bible said, when he was killed by Zimri. Zimri! after his murder of Elah, lasted seven days. But that seven days were murderous as he finished killing off the house of Basha. His actions caused great rejection by the people of a man named Omri who rose up against him. He was the top military officer of the day and he led an attack against Zimri. Zimri retreated to the palace and set it on fire and died in a suicide in the fire. Omri ruled for 12 years, had a wicked reign. The Bible said he did worse than all that were before him. Guess what? He was Ahab's father. All of the actions of these kings led up to the beginning of Ahab's reign that is expressed to us in 1 Kings chapter 16. And in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. 
And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Why did you take time for all that, Bishop? Because I want you to understand where we are in time. Because I see it. An immense parallel to where we currently are in our generation. Here was Elijah in the midst of some very troubling times. But it is the grace of God in action that shows that he will send one more prophet. One more preacher. One more voice. In an effort to turn Israel back to Jehovah. I wonder how many times that that same scenario, situation has occurred in our lives. The Lord is always sending a voice of conviction in an effort to turn us toward Him. We aren't any different from the times of Elijah. I'm going to ask you some hard questions this morning as I hurry. Who is your God? Who will rule your life? Will you serve Baal or God? Will it be pagan idols or a living God? Will it be the God of the lust of the flesh or the God of holiness? Will sinful passions and practices lead us or will godly reverence and true worship be our focus? More than ever, our times get darker. If you think it's going to get better, You're going to be sadly disappointed. But I believe our commitment and consecration to godliness and true matters of the kingdom must be our focus. This is not a social project. This is not a social club. This is not a place where we just gather To make friends and influence people. That's not the business that we're in today. But we're here in this house. 
and for the city of Anderson, Indiana to be a voice from nowhere that declares, Thus saith the word of the Lord. Come out from among them. Separate yourself from this world system and find yourself in the presence of the Lord and let God restore you back to His image. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. I want to remind you of something. God is alive. God has a man. And God and his man have power. As I was tossing and turning last night in the night, Pastor... The Lord showed me this church. And you were sitting in a crane. And on the end of that crane was a wrecking ball. And God said, I'm going to use that man to lead this people to wreck the kingdom of darkness. Oh, it's not going to be a single man operation. But he will lead this people into a massive destruction of the kingdom of darkness that would seek to prevail in this area. I will use this people, my people who are called by my name. I will use them to raise up in this generation and we will together destroy the kingdom of darkness and there will arise a mighty moving of my spirit that will change the landscape of this area. I wish somebody get on board right now and make up your mind. You're not going to join yourself to this world system. But you're going to separate yourself unto God. Let me hurry. God is alive. From all appearances, it looked as though Baal had the upper hand. It was an easier way to worship, watch it, and appeal to the flesh. I wish I would have brought my coffee cup in. I wish I had my stool to sit on. Wish you could have, we could have served you donuts when you walked through the door. Maybe a bowl of life cereal. 
So we serve life here. It was a system that appealed to the flesh. Baal worship mixed everything fleshly and sensual into what looked like worship. Ahab had even built a house, put up altars, cleared out groves for Israel. There was great stability in Israel because Ahab's rule lasted for 22 years. Politically and economically and militarily, all is well. Everything about Jehovah was mocked and ridiculed. For every bit of their mockery toward God, it seemed like nothing happened to them. I'm going to tell you something prophetically. This world system is getting ready to be brought down. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's about to be an exposing of this world system like never before. Come on. Those that have had their head in the sand and have just choose to ignore it because it felt good to the flesh. It felt like things are going along pretty well. God is getting ready to expose this dark world system and in the midst of it there will be a voice from nowhere that steps out of the crowd to declare the holy righteousness of God. It seemed like a good system. See here, we're living the dream. Or they seem to think. See, that's what happens when the heart becomes blind and can't discern the mercy of God. They were confusing mercy and long-suffering of God as proof that God didn't care that He was dead. Delay in judgment always plays out this way. But the day is coming. I said the day is coming. People who are involved in their sinful attractions have minds that are so twisted. When Baal worship is the focus, it's what takes place. But this is what the writer in Romans wrote, and I'm closing. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Does that not sound like this generation? 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Would you stand with me? These are the words of the prophet. Isaiah said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. God had a voice out of nowhere. He sent me here this morning to tell somebody. He will not suffer thy feet to be moved. He that keepeth will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I tell you again today, God is alive. He knows exactly where your heart is right now. He knows what you're thinking, what's going through your mind. Right now, He knows. The Bible said He knows the very thought and intent of your heart. But God sent me here on this Sunday morning with a message that He so vividly put in my spirit that there's got to be a voice. In a dark world, a light that stands out, that says, oh no, we're not going to allow Baal to move forward any further, but we're going to stand. I'm not going to allow the spirit of this world to rule and reign in me any longer, but I'm going to stand for what's right, what's just, and what's pure, and what's holy. And so in this place, on this Sunday morning, I'm asking you, to come to make a commitment to God today that you want to be a voice a voice out of nowhere for a world that's living in a hopeless situation they don't even know they're lost but there's got to be a voice there's got to be a voice that reaches for them You need to bring your family today and say, oh no, we're not going to get caught up in this world system. Our focus is going to be on the kingdom. Our focus is going to be on the church because God is alive and He sent us a man of God and the man of God and God have power over everything that this world has. Come on, there's some healers that need to be manifested today. There's some deliverers that need to be manifested today. Would you throw your hands up and say, God, I want to be that voice. I want to be that voice. Don't let me be silent. Don't let me be silent. Come on, church. Come on.